Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of 211's Baseball Talk. It feels amazing to be back. We are finally back. Hard to believe it's our first episode of 2020. We are finally here, and we are back on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, whatever you're listening on. We are back, and we have a great episode for you today. We will discuss what we've missed in our absence. We'll talk about Blue Jays spring training. We'll talk about the coronavirus uncertainty around the MLB, and we'll even dive into some spring training camps around the league as well. So let's get right into things. What did we miss over our brief and uh, slash not so brief hiatus? Uh, the Blue Jays signed Hyunjin Ryu. That happened back in December, a four-year, $80 million contract, in case you somehow missed that. Um, the Houston Astros were finally punished for their sign-stealing scheme, and it was quite uh, underwhelming for a lot of baseball fans around the league, as no players were suspended. A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno were suspended for one year uh, after they had their role uncovered in the sign-stealing scheme. Alex Cora was fired. From the Boston Red Sox, he was a part of that and one of the driving forces of that sign-stealing scheme in Houston. And Carlos Beltran, who had a similar role, was fired from the New York Mets before he even got to manage a game for them in the most Mets news ever. So, what else did we miss? We missed their apologies. The, the Astros apologized at the beginning of spring training camp for what they did. The owner apologized. We had some player apologies. And those apologies were quite superficial you could tell they didn't mean anything and they were just clearly reading a scripted piece of paper from uh ownership from the front office from whatever whoever it may be they were not reading things that actually came from them they were not they didn't mean any of those apologies that they were reading to the public and uh it was it was very upsetting to see because the houston astros should feel some remorse for what they did and of course players that no longer play for those teams like colin McHugh, ken giles they have apologized for what they did and for not putting a stop to it. And that was the big thing with the MLB. Uh, the reason they punished AJ Hinch, who obviously did not love the sign stealing scheme. He broke some of the monitors in the clubhouse and stuff, but uh, he never actually said, I need you to stop this. His team was winning ball games and eventually they won the world series back in 2017. And uh, Jim Crane, the Astros owner was quite uh, underwhelming in his apology. It was not a great sight to see. Definitely something that baseball would like to forget. We still haven't heard a punishment for the Boston Red Sox. If there will be anything, for them with their whole sign-stealing scheme as well, because Alex Cora did bring some of that over into Boston when he became their manager in 2018. Now moving into MLB spring training camps, the Houston Astros at the beginning of spring training were beamed quite a bit. I believe they were hit six times in their first three games in spring training. It had slowed down um, after that, but they were getting hit a lot, and rightfully so. I mean, a lot of guys had their careers ended because of what the Houston Astros did. Mike Bolsinger, former Blue Jays and Dodgers arm, is certainly one of those pitchers because Bolsinger came over to the Blue Jays in that 2017 season, obviously looking for a fresh start. Anyone who came to that Toronto team in 2017 was looking for a fresh start. But uh, Bolsinger came there looking for something in his game that could get him on a winning, competing team again. Maybe the Blue Jays could trade him. But unfortunately for him, he faced the Astros, allowed, I believe, something crazy like 12 runs uh, or maybe it was nine and just like a third of an inning and his career was ended right then and there never signed a professional contract again. So Bolsinger's career was over there. He's not the lone uh, example of that happening and he actually sued the Houston Astros, if I'm not mistaken, for what they did to him. Um, but the Astros were being quite a bit. Jose Reina, of course, being master himself out in Miami, did uh, hit the Houston Astros I think it was George Springer, possibly Alex Bregman. They were just constantly getting hit. And if you take a look at their spring training stats, I don't have them out in front of me right now, but 
the core guys, Carlos Correa, George Springer, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, have all seen drops to their production in this spring training. And we will get into spring training stats in a little bit. What those mean, if they do mean anything, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But for the Houston Astros, all these guys are really, really struggling in spring training camps, possibly because they're rattled after what happened, but also because they don't know what pitch is coming. And uh, I know that they probably didn't have that technology in spring training, but still, it's certainly not a not a big help knowing that you're not going to know what pitch is coming out every pitch that is thrown to you this season like they did in 2017 and like they possibly did in 2019. They might have gotten away from it in 2018. We're not too sure the full details of the uh, of the sign-stealing scandal, but um, they will be looking to turn things around because they have really struggled this spring. Springer especially, he's had some rough stats throughout spring training. Other than that, there isn't much that is super surprising or that was super surprising in what was spring training since it has been canceled all spring training games have been canceled. The MLB season has been postponed due to the coronavirus. We'll get into that in uh, a little bit as well. But you see these these little guys that you don't take note of, really. Danny Jansen for the Toronto Blue Jays leads this lead spring training in RBI. He has 13 in a few spring training games as well. He's had a phenomenal spring for the Blue Jays. But a lot of prospects are leading the ranks right now. A lot of minor guys since the qualifications for being a spring training stats leader are much lower than they are in the regular season. And uh, some guys that come in have a couple of at-bats and hit three for five. They, they lead the stats uh, early on in spring training, which has since been halted for the blue Jays. It's been a prospect, the number five overall prospect in the blue Jays system, if I'm not mistaken, I very well could be, we will check that out for you uh, and look to confirm where he is in the blue Jays system. Alejandro Kirk, a catcher, and we talked about Danny Jansen being the uh, being the likely starting catcher this year, having a great spring. Last year, his offensive numbers decreased significantly. He was phenomenal defensively, a Gold Glove finalist defensively. But when it came to the bat, he really, really, really struggled because he. Um, I, Charlie Montoya said they didn't have a routine at the plate. He had a great routine on defense, but he did not have one whatsoever at the plate for the Blue Jays. So he has changed that this spring and he will look for increased success in the MLB um, at the plate because in his rookie year, he came up as a guy who no one really expected to play great defense, but they knew that he could hit. And unfortunately he hasn't hit so, or he didn't hit last year at least, but he is going to look to change that this year. He's got a different approach to the plate. He's got a routine that he's going to follow every time he steps up to the dish. And hopefully that will lead to success. It certainly has in the spring. As I mentioned earlier, he leads all of the Grapefruit League, all of, I think, spring training in general in RBI. So we will see how that translates on uh, into the regular season once that does happen. Of course, Reese McGuire likely to be the backup. Him and Caleb Joseph are battling things out uh, in spring training right now. So... We'll see who comes up with the team right now. I don't think there's any debate that Danny Jansen is going to be the starting catcher come opening day, but it's just a matter of who his backup is going to be. And will Danny's offensive stats that we've seen in spring training translate into the regular season? That's something we're going to watch for. But Alejandro Kirk is having a phenomenal spring. He's only played in seven games, but I believe or he's only had seven at-bats, if I'm not mistaken. He's three for seven. He's got a home run. He's having a great spring training so far. He's shown phenomenal opposite field power. He's been great behind the plate and has been quite fun to watch run the bases as well, sort of like a Willian Sastadio of uh, the Minnesota Twins, a shorter guy, bigger bigger fella who is just 
chugging it around the bases. Plenty of speed on Alejandro Kirk for a catcher and a big one at that. He's been a lot of fun to watch play, and he could take over that starting role from Danny Jansen a few years down the road. Of course, I believe he played in Dunedin last year, so he's still got to go through New Hampshire and Buffalo because of the Blue Jays' ideal progress through the minor league system. They want their guys to play at every level, so they get a taste of every level, know what it's like to play um, in double A and triple A and single A and low A. Kirk has followed that trajectory so far and is on pace to play in double A this season for at least the beginning of it, possibly move up to triple A if he continues his success. But Kirk is looking good defensively. He's looking phenomenal at the play. Charlie Montoyo, the Blue Jays skipper, has been very impressed with what he's seen from Alejandro Kirk. He's mentioned that so far in the spring. And, uh, We'll see what he does. We'll keep an eye on him all year long. And throughout podcasts this season, we will talk to you about Alejandro Kirk. We have our prospect watch that we usually do during the regular season. We tell you about, oh, hey, look at this guy. Look at his stats in double A, right? We go by level. Usually we have a guy at each level, uh, unless it's like the really, really low levels like Dominican Summer League, all that kind of stuff. We don't usually have a guy over there. Moving on to the Blue Jays' starting rotation. Now, there was a lot of discussions coming into spring training about about the starting rotation and what it's going to look like come opening day. Now, we don't even know when opening day is going to be at this point because of all the delays and setbacks, but um, we do know that the Blue Jays have four guys that they would like to carry or that they think they're going to carry into the regular season as their starting four, at least. Hanjin Ryu will be one of them. We'll have... Chase Anderson, Tanner Roark, and Matt Shoemaker. Matt Shoemaker's looked phenomenal in his return from a torn ACL this spring. But uh, we don't know at the moment who is going to fill that fifth spot. Now, coming into camp, there was Shun Yamaguchi, who the Jays signed for two years, and I want to say $4 million in the offseason from Japan, who was expected to either play a role as the fifth starter or be in the bullpen. I don't know if he'll be either at this point with the way he's shown in the spring. And I will take full responsibility for what I said back with the Blue Jays signed him. I said... Yamaguchi is not more than a depth piece. He is going to be in the starting rotation or the bullpen, and he's going to put up good numbers. Not looking like it right now. And my dad was the one who said that uh, Yamaguchi looked like a depth piece at best. He looks to be right so far just by his spring training stats. Of course, Yamaguchi has struggled this spring for the Blue Jays. Um, and he's got great off-speed stuff. I heard Ben Wagner talking about it not long ago. He's got phenomenal off-speed stuff, but it's that fastball that hurts him. He's got a fastball that hovers around the 90-mile-per-hour range, and that's not going to play in the big leagues because maybe for an inning it will. If you want him to be a one-inning piece, it could work out for you. But in the long run, having a guy who can only touch 90, 91, 92 is not going to help you if his, if his off-speed doesn't always play because it looks good. He's got a great splitter, I believe, and uh, he's got some really good-looking off-speed stuff, but the fastball just doesn't play, and he's allowed a lot of home runs in spring training, got to be up near the top and home runs allowed for a pitcher. Yamaguchi has not been a pleasant or has been an unpleasant surprise. I should say coming into camp because the Blue Jays wanted him to break camp with the team. They want him to either be the fifth starter, be in the bullpen right now. I don't think that he's outperforming some of the other guys who want his spot on the team, like Hector Perez, who's looked great. He could be a bullpen piece. George Romano could be a bullpen piece as well. Gen Z Diaz is looking to secure a spot on the big league roster coming out of spring training camp. But I don't know if Shun Yamaguchi, who the Jays signed for way more at 4 million is the guy uh, who's going to take that spot in the MLB. Um, moving on to the Blue Jays outfield come opening day, Charlie Montoyo, uh, with Jeff Blair and Steven Brunt, I believe it was Thursday mentioned a potential 
or sorry, uh, Wednesday, mentioned a potential Blue Jays outfield come opening day, assuming that opening day was still March 26th, of Lourdes Goriel Jr. in left field, Randall Grichuk in center field, and Teasca Hernandez in right field. That was what we had expected coming in, obviously with uh, Hernandez likely going to make the team as an outfielder. He could be a DH as well, depending on who else makes the team, and we'll get into that a little, in a little bit, who is going to be that fourth outfielder, maybe even fifth outfielder with the roster expansion this year, and uh, will they carry an extra infielder or who will they carry as their extra infielder is what I should say here. But Montoyo did express that he wanted to have Hernandez, Grichuk and Guriel in the outfield. Not very surprising. Guriel showed great defensive numbers in left field last year after transitioning from the, from a middle infield position in triple a Buffalo, because he was really struggling on the middle infield. He was throwing balls away. He was botching grounders. It was not exactly pleasant to watch, when Lourdes Gurriel was at second base or shortstop, he's got a great arm, and it certainly plays out in left field. He looks great out there, and his bat will definitely play in the MLB as long as he can get it a little bit more consistent because he has been inconsistent at times in his MLB career. He does great against the off-speed stuff, and that translates well in today's game because right now fastball throwing is at an all-time low in Major League Baseball. Everyone's using that off-speed stuff. The fastballs are being thrown harder but it doesn't mean they're being thrown more often. Everyone's got some kind of kooky off-speed pitch that they've mastered, and Guriel has, I believe, the second or third highest average in the MLB against off-speed pitches, pitches that are not a fastball. So Guriel, if he can start hitting the fastball a little bit better and hitting balls up a little bit better because he's a phenomenal low ball hitter, but as soon as you bring the pitch up high on him, he, he really struggles to hit that pitch. So we'll see... How Guriel's bat translates in the MLB, he's gone down to the minor leagues in each of his two or three big league seasons so far. Um, we, we're interested to find out how he will fare in this, hopefully his first full big league campaign without having to go down to the minor leagues. And we'll see if he can stay off the uh, IL this year as well, because he has had injury issues in the past. As for Teoscar Hernandez, he has been uh, one of the Blue Jays' worst defensive outfielders that we've seen so far. Uh, in his short time with the Blue Jays, I believe he came over in 2017 from the Houston Astros, played a little bit in September, raked, came back in 2018, struggled a little bit. 2019 was a struggle for him as well. He showed flashes of brilliance at the plate, but never in the outfield, taking poor routes to fly balls, blaming the sun, blaming uh, all sorts of different things for his lack of success in the outfield. And of course, Mark Budzinski, the Blue Jays first base and outfield coach tries to work with him on that stuff. He's been working with all the Blue Jays outfielders and they've been looking great defensively. Of course, Guriel prime example, Randall Grichik looks good out in center field, out in right field. But uh, Teoscar Hernandez for his part has never been able to translate that work that he puts in at practices onto the field during games. So we'll see if Hernandez sticks out in right field. Maybe he becomes a permanent DH, but that's where Rowdy Telez comes in because Travis Shaw is going to make this team out of camp. He's looked good in spring training so far. Um, he's likely going to be the Blue Jays' first baseman. So where does that leave Telez? That leaves Telez as a designated hitter, which is why Hernandez is likely to get the bulk of the starts in right field. Ideally, that bat plays as a DH, and you don't have to put him in the outfield at all because he doesn't look great out there. Randall Gritchick, of course, not a phenomenal outfielder in center field, definitely more comfortable in right field. He's shown that so far in his uh, stint in Toronto. But... He's definitely not a downgrade over anybody in center field, so he can play that position well, and he is the right choice for center fielder. We'll get into the depth discussions Depth discussions right now. In the outfield, you could see a few guys break camp with the team. Anthony Alford is out of options. Billy McKinney could make the team. Derek Fisher is out of options. Jonathan Davis. Those four guys are battling for likely one spot, maybe two at best, but Kevin Biggio can go out and play in the outfield 
which limits the Blue Jays' possibilities. They could carry two, uh, or limits the the players' possibilities, I should say. They could carry two infield backups in Drury and Espinal or Drury and Panic or Panic and Espinal. We'll get into that discussion in a little bit. But Billy McKinney has had the best spring out of the four guys that are competing for that extra outfielder spot so far. He's hitting a uh, good 300, near 400, I believe. And he's got a home run as well, Jonathan Davis. He's played phenomenal defense in his stints in the MLB, but he hasn't been able to translate that bad. His bat plays great in AAA, plays great in AA, but in the MLB, he is not shown to be a potent hitter at all yet. Um, if he can start hitting the ball a little bit better, he could be the Blue Jays' future center fielder. Of course, he got Forrest Wall in the minor leagues as well. He's definitely going to play in AAA Buffalo for most of this year, likely come up as a September call-up, or those don't exist anymore. We could see him in the blue in a Blue Jays uniform at some point this year. But um, right now, I think Billy McKinney breaks camp with the team. What do you do with Derek Fisher? You release him. I don't like Derek Fisher. I'm not a fan of Derek Fisher. The guy can run. That's about all he can do. He doesn't play great defense for you. He can't hit. He's got a, he had a 100-something average for the Blue Jays last year in his time with the team and was not much better with the Astros before he came over in the Aaron Sanchez trade. But you you can't keep Derek Fisher on this team. Maybe outright him to Buffalo, see if uh, or you put him on waivers, see if anybody wants to take him. Because I don't I don't personally want to see Derek Fisher in a Blue Jays uniform this year if he can't turn things around with either the bat or defensively, because he is not he's an automatic out of the plate pretty much. He'll hit you a, a double maybe every once in a while, a single and steal a bag. He's really fast. He's a very very fast runner, but he is subpar in a lot of other categories around the diamond. Anthony Alford has been disappointing. He's been on the Blue Jays' top 30 prospects list for, oh, I don't know, four years now. He uh, he hasn't played enough games in the MLB to not be considered a prospect, but he's been a top prospect for a long time, which tells you how disappointing his MLB career has been. He can't seem to stay up in the big leagues. He's had stints before. I believe he's hit a major league home run. I can't confirm that. But um, his bat, again, all these kids have issues with the bat. They can't, their bat just doesn't play in the MLB. I don't know if that's a Guillermo Martinez thing. I don't know if it's a, uh, I don't know if it's previous hitting coaches that have done this to them, but they hit well in the minor leagues and then they come up to the big leagues and all of a sudden can't hit the broad side of a barn. So you need Anthony Alford to turn things around in the MLB because he is likely going to be your best shot at a starting center fielder. Jonathan Davis is good as well, but you can deal a few of these guys. You need Alford to start playing like, Anthony Alford in AAA Buffalo, Anthony Alford in AA New Hampshire, who can hit the ball very well, plays great defense, and steals you a lot of bases. He's probably the most athletic out of the four guys, and he's got the most potential. The question is, will he be able to reach that potential in the major leagues? On the infield, the Blue Jays have another depth debate. Who gets that extra spot on the infield? Because you've got Bo Bichette, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Kevin Biggio, Travis Shaw, as you're starting for on the infield dirt, but you've got Rowdy Telez, who will likely be a designated hitter who can slot into first base. Travis Shaw can play over at third or at second. He's got a lot of versatility as well. The Blue Jays want to carry a guy who is a natural shortstop into the regular season who can back up and fill in for Bichette. And I know Bo Bichette wants to play a lot of games this year, but in case he needs it, they have to have a guy who can play shortstop. Um, and they want a guy who can play all the infield positions beside first base where you can have uh, Rowdy Telez or Kevin Vigio. You've got a lot of possibilities over there. Now, the three guys that are the front runners in spring training are, or coming into spring training were Joe Panic, Santiago Espinal, and Brandon Drury. And Drury, of course, spent a lot of time with the Blue Jays last year and the year prior, came over in the J-Hap trade. Drury's got a lot of, got a lot of upside. Uh, he showed that in 
Arizona was never able to put it all together in New York and certainly not able to do so in Toronto. His offensive numbers weren't great last year. He lost his job to Vlad Guerrero Jr. midseason, which he had expected. But even as a depth piece, he wasn't ideal for the team. This spring, Drury's not done anything to uh, help his case as he is hitting 125 this spring with a 192 on base percentage. And for a guy who doesn't walk very much, he's walked twice and struck out seven times this spring so far. He strikes out a lot. You need to have a good power bat, likely, or I don't know, have a lot of have a high average because not not walking and striking out quite a bit is never going to play in the big leagues. And Brandon Drury so far this spring has three hits in 24 at-bats. The Blue Jays are giving him every opportunity to show that he belongs in the MLB, but uh, he has not done much to help his case so far in spring training. So we'll see if he makes the team. Two other guys, the guys that weren't in the MLB for the Blue Jays at least last year, Santiago Espinel and Joe Panic. Espinel played 14 games last spring, has played 13 so far this spring, and is batting 417, which is absolutely ridiculous. Has 10 hits in 24 at-bats, has uh, four, three home runs, pardon me, a triple, three doubles, two walks, six strikeouts, so kind of right around Drury. But what I'm saying with Espinel, he's a guy who strikes out, and he's the opposite of Brandon Drury because he has a high average, he hits the extra base hits, he hits home runs, and he's a young player. He, if you do recall, Santiago Espinal came over in the Steve Pierce trade with the Boston Red Sox in 2018. The Red Sox eventually won the World Series. Steve Pierce was the World Series MVP. And Espinal could be a big piece of the Blue Jays down the road. Now the question is, does he make the team out of camp this year? Has he had a better spring than Joe Panic and Brandon Drury? Yes, he has. But Joe Panic has had a very good spring as well. He's played 10 games for the Blue Jays. He's hitting 381. He has two home runs. He's got a triple, no doubles, has five RBI, has walked four times, and has struck out three times. Now, this is where Panic is above Espinal and Drury. He gets on base more. He walks more. He strikes out less. You can see that in the fact that he has more walks than strikeouts this spring in 21 at-bats. Do I think Joe Panic deserves to be on this team? Yes, I do. I think Joe Panic should start the year as the Blue Jays' backup piece on the infield. He's a natural second baseman, but he has shown that he can play shortstop so far in spring training and showed that with the San Francisco Giants in his long time with them prior to coming over to Toronto in the offseason. He showed that he could fill in for Brandon Crawford, who was a gold glover over a shortstop when he was needed. And I think that Joe Panic should be the depth piece on the infield. I don't know Brandon Drury's option situation. I don't know if they just release him, if they try to trade him, what they would get for him. Um, in my mind right now, Joe Panic is your number one option coming out of spring training. I, li- I love Santiago Espinal as a player. I've been big on him ever since he came over from Boston. Um... I think he is the depth guy next year, and he could possibly find his way onto that infield if they want to move Kevin Vigio over to first base. You could put Espinal at second. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing, but Espinal is going to be a part of this team. Don't fear, Blue Jays fans. He is going to be a major part of this Blue Jays offense and defense down the road because he plays very good defense as well. But I don't think it is out of camp this year. I think Joe Panic comes onto the scene and uh, is the Blue Jays' depth infielder and Brandon Drury likely makes the team just based on the fact that you can option Santiago Espinel a lot easier to triple a Buffalo. Um, he's a young guy who could still use some fine tuning if you really wanted to. I think panic and Drury make the team out of camp and in the outfield, Billy McKinney makes it. Derek Fisher gets released and Anthony Alford does not get picked up on waivers and goes triple a. That's my prediction could be completely wrong. And we're not going to know for a while since the blue Jays are in the MLB are on hiatus. Now, why are they on hiatus? As we transition over into our coronavirus topic, it's the coronavirus. Now 
the MLB and I myself have never seen anything like it. The coronavirus has shut down the NBA, the NHL. We'll get into the other leagues um, in a little bit, but it's shut down schools. It's shut down countries even so far. So the coronavirus is a major deal, and uh, unfortunately it has shut down Major League Baseball. So all spring training games have been canceled, canceled the last I read, and um, it's not looking great for the league coming in. We don't know when opening day is going to be. It's been pushed back at least two weeks, but uh, that's not – Exactly a very specific timeline is at least two weeks. doesn't tell you very much if you are the Blue Jays and you are MLB fans. So we will keep you posted on what's happening there in the whole uh, when will opening day be situation. But I don't think the MLB has ever seen anything like this. There have been strikes. There have been lockouts that have put the season on hold or scrapped the postseason of the World Series. But there have been very few that have left so much uncertainty in Major League Baseball's mind and fans' minds um, so far in the league's 150-year history uh, because no one really knows when this is going to end, when teams can hopefully play again. And they're they're hoping, the MLB is hoping, by doing this, by stopping spring training, by putting the season on hold, they're able to slow the spread of the coronavirus and they will be able to play games again very, very soon. And like I said, we have no way of knowing how long this will last because there isn't much telling us when it's going to go away. It, it all really depends on when the numbers start to slow down and what the governments are saying, what uh, Health Canada is saying, what the CDC in the U.S., what they're all saying, because it is very important for the MLB and for the Toronto Blue Jays and for all the leagues to follow their protocol to make sure this thing doesn't get even bigger than it already is, to make sure it slows down and uh, and things start changing very soon because obviously the players want to entertain fans. The fans want entertainment. The players want to play. They want to make money. And I believe they're making money right now. I don't know, and I don't think the players even really know. But um, we'd love to see things get underway soon. Could it affect the playoffs is another question that a lot of fans are asking right now because the season's going to be pushed back likely until April 8th or something like that, I heard. Um does that mean the playoffs go longer? Does that mean we've got a best of three series all of a sudden in the divisions here, which I hope does not happen? Um, and we heard Elliot Friedman. I don't know if you listened to Scott MacArthur's show in the morning on Sportsnet 5 Night of the Fan. On Friday, Scott MacArthur uh, had Elliot Friedman on his show, and Elliot Friedman said it's the time for crazy. If the NHL wants to experiment with their playoff format, this is the time to do it. And we heard Rob Manfred talk about changing the MLB's playoff format. Does he try to do that right now and claim that it'll somehow make things better? Possibly. We could see that happen. The problem is the MLB plays their games outdoors. They have to deal with weather conditions. And let's say a team from up north makes makes the World Series, whether it's the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, whoever it may be, the World Series could be played in snow. And it's not something we haven't seen before, but it's something that's less than ideal for players. It's not ideal playing conditions for anybody uh, who plays baseball. And anybody who's played in the snow can understand that. Me, I've played in the snow. It's not a lot of fun to, to play baseball. And it hurts your hands when you get jammed, right? But could the MLB's postseason drag on all the way to mid-November? It's a possibility. There are other measures that they could shorten it. Maybe they don't have a wild card this year. Maybe they shorten the division series from best out of five to best out of three. Maybe the championship series goes to a best out of five as well. We will keep you posted on what we hear, what we uh, see the MLB do, what measures they take in order to make sure that this season gets played and 
hopefully it, it begins soon. Are there any cases for big leaguers that's going around right now? Um, no, not that we are aware of. Nobody has been announced to have the coronavirus, and I'm sure that it would be uh, mentioned quite soon if they if they did. And we're we're looking at Twitter, of course, during this podcast and uh, making sure this is as of Friday, March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Uh, um, we have not seen any cases in the MLB for players. At the time of this recording, we'll see if that changes. I know that in the NHL, Alexander Radulov has, has been sick and the Dallas Stars are looking to get him a test. And in the NBA, as we shift over to what other leagues are doing for the coronavirus, the NBA, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz have both been uh, announced to have the coronavirus. Mitchell got it after Gobert did. Uh, and Rudy Gobert careless, carelessly touching microphones and tables trying to show that he wasn't afraid of the virus. And he has it now and has passed it on to one of his teammates. Um, so what are the leagues are doing? The the NHL has suspended their season. Gary Bettman has come out and said that he wants to play. Uh, he wants to have playoffs. He wants to award the Stanley Cup this year. Whether, they, whether they'll be able to do that, that is still um, unknown. In the NBA, they're on hold for at least 30 days. The NHL didn't give a timeline. So we will see what happens there. For us... Well, school's out for three weeks for me. If you don't know me, then uh, you don't know that I am still in high school. And this podcast happens Thursdays usually. Um, After school, I'm off for three weeks. We will hope to get two episodes a week out for you, depending on the news. We will have at least one every week coming out of the 211's Baseball Talk Studios um, for you to listen to and enjoy during this painful time with no sports. We thank you all very much for tuning in, and we will see you all in an unknown period of time, but definitely within the next week.